and I came to her and I say, you know, I don't think it's ever going to work. I don't have those muscles. They just don't exist. I don't think so. And she turned her head and she said, oh, keep coming. Welcome to Belly Dance Live podcast. My name is Jana Komarnitska. I'm a full-time dancer based in Toronto, performing a variety of Middle Eastern and Central Asian dance styles, including belly dance. You can find me at janadance.com as well as on Insta or Facebook by Jana Dance or Jana Komarnitska. I'm happy you've decided to join us for this weekly dose of dance inspiration because here on this podcast we explore all nuances and insights into lifestyle of ballet dancers and we are having amazing star guests who share their stories secrets and tips with you hello guys i'm so glad you decided to join ballet dance podcast again and tuning in into this episode because today i get ready for lots of laughs and funny stories. Maria Sekolova is not only a great dancer, teacher, performer and artist in general, she's also a very sweet and lovely person and you'll hear a lot of literally laughs from both of us uh, talking about all steps of her ballet dance journey. That is very incredible but at the same time it sounded, at least to me, so familiar. I'm sure you will be able to relate to many, many aspects of what we talked today. And I'm really curious which parts you will recognize yourself. But can you actually imagine that this person was a seconds away from having a completely different lifestyle? And by seconds, I literally mean seconds. She was so frustrated also in the beginning of her belly dance training that she actually thought she just didn't have necessary muscles to perform belly dance movements, as well as she was very hesitant if uh, her belly dance career will actually happen at all, because in early ages of when everything just got started working out with her uh, gigs and teaching and everything and uh, performing in general, she got also pregnant and uh, we talked a lot about how to balance uh, family and uh, career, and in this case specifically balladance career, that I know a lot of tips you will be able to get for yourself too. And regardless of all these frustrations, hesitations, uh, some difficulties, here she is, super successful, full-time balladancer, award-winning professional artist based in California, performing regularly in a several restaurants. She actually has so many requests from different restaurants that she sometimes sends other artists to sub her because she physically can't be at two places at the same time. Directing her own troupe, teaching, teaching uh, internationally, traveling to different festivals, basically really killing it <laughs> and yet in the beginning of her journey 15-ish years ago she felt like many of us feel in the beginning of our balladance journey very frustrated lost not knowing what to do and uh, hearing all that uh, story can really inspire and encourage uh, many of our inner dancers to believe that everything is uh, possible and manageable we just need to give some time and effort to it 
If you like this episode, this interview as much as I did, please don't forget to share it with your friends and share some little dance inspiration with them too, because I'm sure you know some people who do need to hear all these things that we talked with Maria here. But before we dive into the actual interview and actual conversation, I just want to quickly uh, thanks to Balladance Evolution for supporting this project and uh, helping us to make more incredible interviews. Jelena's Balladance Evolution is a revolutionary company that explores, celebrates and reimagines Middle Eastern and Western dance. BDE is now casting for their March 2019 performance of Phantasm in Sydney. Application deadline is December 9th. Also, BDE is excited to introduce a new program for intermediate to professional dancers, which is called Jelena's BD Experience. The debut intensive is this March in Los Angeles. You can apply by January 27th for consideration. And for more information about all these projects, go to their website, balladanceevolution.com. And now, without further delay, let's dive in the interview. Hello, Maria. It's so awesome to have you on the show. Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> Hi, Anna. Very nice to hear you for the first time. And uh, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, we just were talking a minute ago before we start recording that uh, uh, it's funny, like social media, Instagram, Facebook, it sort of connects people. It's like we are talking the first time, but we have impression that we, we already know each other a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I do feel so. I follow your um, dance career and I follow your activities and I know what you ate and who you saw and what did you dance and where you perform. <laughs> I know lots of it. So I'm, I'm happy we yeah. finally got the chance to talk in person, almost in person. Yeah. <laughs> yes, likewise, likewise. Uh, to start our conversation, I always go, like to Google back in times <laughs> And go back to the very, very beginning. Uh, do you remember the moment that uh, uh, you have this thought in your mind, oh, maybe I should try going to ballet dance class? Uh, by the time that we were all very naive and not realizing that that <laughs> first ballet dance class may completely change our lives. Do you remember those times? Like, how did you get involved in the ballet dance? I think every dancer remembers how it happens because it's like a special place in the heart when you remember this moment and keep it forever. So I do remember and um, I think I always wanted to dance. I always liked to dance, but um, my parents never gave me to any uh, dance school or uh, dance classes when I was uh, li a little young. And um, I remember I visited Egypt at some point in my teenage years and uh, I saw... Uh, real belly dancer there <laughs> and that was of course amazing and I bought like a cassettes with the music I came home and I would put you know cassettes uh, in my <laughs> sound system cassette player and I would just play the music and put the skirt and pretend I'm a belly dancer <laughs> you, you, mm. can, you can imagine how it would look but <laughs> anyway it was uh, like some background to it and, um, and then much later when I already moved to United States and I did have some uh, free time on hand and um, I'm like, it's it's time to start doing what you always wanted to try. So I researched online at the teachers in my area and uh, a name came up and the name was Nanna Candelaria. She was very famous, but she moved from our area um, some time ago. 
amazing, amazing dancer. And uh, I shoot her email and I said, Nana, uh, I would like to start taking belly dance classes. Um, and she replies, hi, Maria, but um, I live in Berkeley, if you can come. And Berkeley from, from the place where I live is about like over an hour drive, maybe an hour and a half and something. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's, you know, day, um, weekdays, uh, nights uh, with lots of traffic. So I had to forget this idea. And I said, is there anyone else you can recommend me closer to my area? And she gave me a list of names. And one of the names was Sandra. And, uh, of course, I went online again and did my research second time, checking all the names. And Sandra turned out to be the one who had the most beautiful website. So this is about the importance of the (laughs) social media and website (laughs) and online presence. And she has those gorgeous pictures and very well-organized website, info about classes and everything, performances. And I'm like, oh, it works for me. It's nearby. So I um, decided to try her class. And um, I walked in (laughs) in a pretty long skirt and crop top, I remember. (laughs) It was very, very scary. And... Mm. um, Actually, I, I even remember that I, I parked my car by the, by the school and, and I got suddenly so scared. I'm like, I don't want to go. I'm scared <laughs> to go. And at the time, I barely spoke. I mean, I spoke English, but uh, it was recently after I moved to the United States. And I'm sitting and I turn on the car, close the door. No, I'm leaving. And then I turn off the car. No, I have to go. And then I turn on. No, I'm leaving. <laughs> And then finally I told myself, you know, you got to do it now or never. So I turned off the car and went out and came into class. And I saw this woman and she was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. (laughs) She was standing and showing some exercise. And I saw her like, you know, how every muscle on her back moves and how graceful she moves her arms and everything else. And and I stayed forever. (laughs) That's how it happened. Wow, that's an incredible story. Uh, It's... uh... Uh, so interesting to, to hear like uh, how our fears can stop us from even trying to do anything, even try. And but I'm glad you actually did came to ballet dance class. <laughs> I I thought so many times, you know, that I was a second away from having completely different life, <laughs> completely different life story. I was second away because I I literally pushed myself out of that car and I was almost leaving. But yeah, it all happened. <laughs> mm. And uh, did that fear of uh, trying belly dance and later, like, did it reappear later in your studying process? Or once you overcame it first, like, once you actually experienced the belly dance class, you felt in love with belly dance, uh, it never came back? Or was there any kind of... Uh, things during your learning like early belly dance years that uh-huh. uh, you you had still that fear of uh, oh should i try it or shouldn't i try it <laughs> i think everyone has you know when um, unless you unless you start to believe in yourself uh, when you're just starting when you're learning you're failing at some points and you have those thoughts so i i do remember still like after a few weeks maybe or months you know when you come to class and it's ongoing class so people in class not all new they already been there and I'm new and I see they all repeat after teacher and it doesn't work on me (laughs) (laughs) and my teacher always she's very technical she's very very the best uh, technician I ever probably uh, took classes with 
your isolations is perfections and um you come and you see all people repeat after her and you don't understand what muscles were those muscles and i remember being frustrated at first after classes i i even remember approaching her once after class like with my eyes almost full of tears because you know it doesn't work she says like squeeze your glutes <laughs> move your <laughs> move your something else and you don't know where is that and i came to her and uh, <laughs> and i say you know, I don't think it's ever going to work. I don't have those muscles. They just don't exist. I don't think so. And she turned her head and she said, oh, keep coming. <laughs> keep coming to class. And that's all she said. And I was so like shocked. I'm like, really? This is all you can say? <laughs> but uh, she said that and I'm like, okay, she said, keep coming to class. So I just have to keep coming to class. And uh, I kept coming and everything worked. <laughs> And mm. I found all the muscles and I don't think ever again I had any doubts or fears from there. It's just in love. Oh, wow. I can't believe you. You had such experience in the beginning of your ballet dance journey. Like looking now at you, active performer, professional dancer. Uh, it's really... Uh, thanks for sharing. It, it's oh, totally inspiring, I'm sure, knows. for so many, many people. <laughs> Nobody knows. Uh, I think even my teacher doesn't know. She will listen to the interview. It will be revealing for her. <laughs> oh, my God. But I'm glad you were a very good student and you followed your teacher's suggestion or instruction and say, <laughs> keep coming. And that's, that's so true. Like practice can, can make miracles. We just need to believe, believe in ourselves, believe in potential and believe in time. I'm not a quitter, so as long as you are not a quitter, then yeah, eventually it will work. So <laughs> I, now I tell my students when they come to me and they cry and they say it doesn't work, I mean, I have to say the same. I have to say keep coming and I tell them the story. <laughs> uh, uh, so how from that... Uh, um... Ah, I don't even know how to say. It. Like, how how your journey later uncovered from that uh, place of beginner ballet dancer, very frustrated with her like skills and technique and everything, to become an actually <laughs> full time dancer? Because you were studying, you had a degree in economics and MBA. Like, it's definitely not that you are planning to be a dancer from childhood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Plus, you had such beginning of your ballet dance journey, <laughs> no. very, uh, a little bit frustrating, I would say. Uh, how did it happen that you became actually a professional dancer? I still wonder how it happened. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. Um, yeah, I, I have a degree in economics. And before moving to United States, I was uh, working at... Um, uh, big international companies in Russia in finance departments doing accounting and financial analysis. So it was absolutely out of, <laughs> you know, place to think that I will ever become a professional performer. And uh, probably that's why my insecurities also uh, developed, you know, like that's why I was scared to go to class because I never took a dance class. Uh, people often ask me, did you take a dance classes as a child? Did you do that? Did you do this? No, that was my first dance class when I walked into Sandra's class, mm -hmm. first in my life. And I was a grown-up adult by then. How old, if you don't mind sharing, how old were you? Were? I think I was, um, I think I was 26. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's <laughs> not an early start, I would say. And um, um, the, the only um, 
more or less related experience I had uh, early in life is I did a figure skating when I was a child uh, and teenager. So um, that's the only closest probably I think to it. And I did, um, I studied piano for eight years, um, music, I have a music diploma. So I think that helped me in the future in my career too. But um, coming from an economic degree, there was nothing <laughs> about performance. Mm. And when I moved to United States, um, I got my MBA and I was planning to continue that career. But um, at some point of the time, I was not able uh, to work during uh, some um, visa um, issues. And uh, mm -hmm. that's what take me, motivate me to try everything I wanted to try, like dancing and taking art classes and taking Spanish lesson classes. So it all happened during the time, during that period. And then... Um, Later, uh, I started helping my teacher. You know, I moved from beginner class to intermediate class to advanced class. I started to perform in her uh, student troupe. Mm -hmm. I started to do little solos at like little student nights and uh, half class and local events. I was very motivated. I practiced at home and um, I believe I was a good student. <laughs> not, a la <laughs> not a lazy one. I'm much more lazy now than I used to be, unfortunately. And um, besides teaching, my uh, Sandra um, was one of the most uh, popular um, performing art artists here in Bay Area. Um, she worked in a few restaurants and at some point she asked me, hey, can you um, substitute my show tonight? Uh, you are good enough to try that. And I did that once and then twice and then <laughs> five times. <laughs> and then I started to do it on a regular basis. Uh, it was her and her friend, uh, Michelle Joyce, if you know Michelle Joyce, uh, the owner of Chicky Girls Production. And uh, so they voted um, two people who were actively working in the restaurants in our area. And I started subbing for them. And then eventually um, I became um, their dance partner and um, we started to share um, all the work. And mm -hmm. And we're still best friends with Sandra and we're still dance partners and we still do what we do. <laughs> we still dance in all the restaurants and events. Yes. That's so awesome that uh, your first teacher is still uh, like uh, keep contact and good friends and even collaborators. Like it's, it's very awesome. It is, I think, amazing. Yes, we've become friends on like all other sides of our life, not just belly dancing, although it started from belly dancing. And we do still see each other like uh, every other week or so. And she's been my uh, friend and she's also been my uh, mentor for all these years. You know, it's it, it's great when you you grow up, you know, you you um, grow your business and you have like all these lots of questions. And there was always somebody who I could call and say, hey, you know, how do I do here? What do I do in this situation? What do I charge? What do I say? How do I... <laughs> And she was always there for me to give uh, advice, um, even after, uh, long after I quit um, taking classes with her and being in her troupe and starting being a solo dancer. She still was always uh, able to uh, to answer any of my questions or guide me through anything. I'm grateful, forever grateful, Sandra. Thank you. Yeah, it's... Uh... Uh, huge credit to her as a teacher because uh, we we see so many times that teachers they 
try to sort of stop the students from further development whenever the student come on the competitive level, for, especially if teacher is... I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, especially if teacher is an active performer. But from what you say, it's mm-hmm. huge credit to her. It's so awesome. It is. Yeah. It has also helped me to become a t- teacher myself. You know, when, when I become a teacher myself, I had this example in front of my eyes of what kind of teacher I, I need to be, what I should do. For my students, uh, how I should uh, have my relationship with them and everything else. So it's it was a great example. Okay, let's dive a little bit into your uh, first uh, gig. Then your teacher first uh, uh, mm. called you and asked, "Oh, can you sub me?" And it was your first paid paid performance. So we're not talking about student performances, paid performance. Uh, how how did you feel then? What what was happening in your head? Uh, was you like? Um, excited, yes, I want to try, I'm ready, or was it again that uh, little fear <laughs> like, in your head? Can you, can you share a little bit? I was, uh, I was obviously excited, yes, I don't think I was sleeping that night or eating that day, <laughs> although it was a little restaurant show, but it was, it was still something. Um, I mean, thanks God, I at least have some solo performance uh, experience by then at the community events, so it wasn't like my first ever stage show, but um, first uh, paid uh, show, and um, I was familiar with the place, I was familiar with the restaurant, I already knew the owners, because I've been there many times. No, it wasn't as scary as the first class. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely was a little bit nervous, but uh, the audience was great, Uh, everyone loved it. I was invited back, and uh, yeah, I think it went well. I was super excited. I was super (laughs) excited, I remember. (laughs) Ah, that's awesome. And uh, now you're basically a full-time dancer, is that correct? Yes, correct. Uh, And you have a lot of regular shows in uh, several different restaurants. I was looking Mm -hmm. at your schedule. You basically perform every week, uh, like uh, a few times a week at least. Mm-hmm. And also, you are participant at Paladin's uh, community events, like you go to festivals, you sometimes teach, perform. So uh, I wanted to ask your opinion. What would you consider as the biggest difference between stage performance and restaurant performance? And which one is your personal mm-hmm. preference? <laughs> Uh, it's easy to guess. I think all the uh, restaurant performance um, performers uh, have uh, their restaurant as <laughs> a preference for their performance. <laughs> yeah, it's been I, it's been almost fifteen years that uh, I've been performing like three, four nights a week, every single week. So it's been a lot, a lot, and a mm-hmm. lot of performing, <laughs> and. Um, Unless I take vacation and travel somewhere, I'm always there and I'm always here, uh, no matter what. And I, um, I absolutely prefer smaller, you know, enclosed environments, uh, being closer to people rather than being on a big stage. All the big stages, of course, has advantages too. But uh, my preference was always close to the people, uh, probably because I'm I'm used to doing it. But um, I also feel like. Belly dancing especially is meant to be um, more next to people rather than on stage. On stage, I feel very lonely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's you, it's big stage, it's those lights in your eyes, you don't see the faces, you don't see the audience. 
And for me, the connection with the audience is a, is a key. It's a, it's a must moment. When I don't see them, I have to have imaginary audience in my head <laughs> and smile, you know, in the emptiness, pretending I'm seeing some faces. So, um, yeah, it's really, it's really about the people. Um, I think it comes from the, um, the restaurant experience adds entertainment value. So it's not just the art of dancing anymore. It's uh, entertaining people. Mm-hmm. And on stage, it's much more, much more difficult to get because uh, the connection is lost be- between you and the audience. I mean, it's there, but it's much more further away. You know, you don't see them. They don't see you. They don't feel your presence right ne- next to them. And um, I'm all into entertainment. I'm into seeing my audience, grabbing them and holding them, holding their attention and making it interesting for them every single moment. Not just showcasing my technique or my artistry, but for them to, you know, making this event for them memorable by feeling something and experiencing something. I want to make them laugh. I want to make them smile. I want to make them, you know, feel something that they will remember. Yeah, that's so true. Like stage performance uh, and restaurant performance, they're so different in energy. And uh, it's not even that one is worse or bad. They're just so, so different. They're very different. Yeah, I agree. They're not, there is no bad and, and, and good one. I mean, they're both great. And I'm happy to see how Oriental Dance elevated, you know, to the to the level where you can see it on the big stages next to ballet and everything. I think it's a great achievement and um, it is, it is great to see it on stage, especially, you know, the more theatrical shows, but um, all those uh, nightclub experience, they you know like it's, <laughs> it's different. Yeah. When you are performing at least like three, four times per week for mm-hmm. many, several years, at least, yeah. How how to keep it interesting and exciting for you? Because it can can become more like very not boring, mm-hmm. but it's sort of the same. Like yeah, it's different music, it may be different costume, but at the end in general picture it's sort of the same. So did you ever face the moment that like, oh I don't want to do it or it's boring or or was it always exciting for you or like how how was it for you? Believe it or not, but it's always exciting. Mm. And sometimes I'm surprised myself. I've been thinking, I've been doing like this thing for so many years and still every single show, every single week, I cannot wait for Friday and Saturday. I cannot wait to go entertain my regular customers and new people and being at the same place. Yeah, with different music, but um, Still always exciting. I don't know how it kept fresh. Uh, I, I start to think maybe it's my passion. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm pretty sure, yes. There was never a moment in my uh, career that I would think, okay, I quit, that's it, I retired, or I... No. There was bad and good moments, you know, when you fail at something or when you achieve something, but never to the point that I would say, that's it. Mm. No. That's awesome. I'm opposite. I, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to turn like uh, 70 one day. How I'm going to continue? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm thinking about. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. But I, I believe you will be dancing for many, 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 many years. <laughs> um, I hope I'll find something to do, yeah, dance related by then. <laughs> 
And for your shows, do you usually improvise or is it uh, choreographies? I use some choreographies, some improvisation. Um, I would say most part is improvisations and some I call it uh, spot choreography, which is mm -hmm. pretty much when you know the music very, very well and you know like, okay, here I do this move, here I do this move, here I do third move. And everything in between, you feel with the feel in with the, what you feel like at the moment. So I, I I wouldn't probably if I would do only choreographies, my passion would <laughs> disappear much much faster. But uh, no, I, um, it's a lot of improvisation. I'm really really in, into improvisation because that's what keep your passion alive and that's what keep the dancing alive. And um, many times I the improvisation leads into choreography, not reverse, you know, like I would improvise to the certain song many, many times and notice, oh, I danced to it 10 times. And at this moment, I did this turn. So this turn must be there, you know, at this moment, I did this move. So this move should be there. Mm -hmm. And from that, uh, the choreography evolved itself. Mm, nice. And uh, how is your practice uh, sessions look like? Like, how do you prepare for a new, like, for your next show? Let's say, or how many times per week you train? Or do you have any, any, let's say, system of practicing or training on your own? <laughs> no, I'm ashamed to say I don't have a system. <laughs> I don't think I'm super organized um, dancer, but I do definitely practice uh, and train myself. And um, improvisation is one of the things I always keep practicing, which which I do almost every day. And that includes just turn on the radio or put uh, your playlist onto random and dance to any song that comes up. So this is my almost daily exercise. And I think nothing improved my improvisation skills like that, <laughs> because it's just mm. if you do it as exercise every day, it's it's amazing how it improves you. And you'll be ready to dance with a live band or with, with anything because you're ready for anything. And um, sometimes I do it with just belly dance music, um, with a playlist on my phone. And sometimes I do it with a radio music I put on and there is a Freddie Mercury. Okay, I'm dancing to Freddie Mercury. <laughs> What's the next song? <laughs> next song is Despacito. Okay, I'm dancing to Despacito. So, and um, yeah, I think it's a great exercise. But um, when, I, when I choreograph something, I practice it like, you know, like everyone else, just stand in front of the mirror and drill it. <laughs> I do that too. Mm -hmm. And uh, coming back to uh, a little bit more general, like, let's say, uh, gigging or mm -hmm. business side mm -hmm. of all these things, um, when you decided that uh, you are not anymore part of your teacher's troupe and uh, you want to be on your own, mm -hmm. did you already had a plan of actions on how to make it uh, work? as a solo performer like how to find those gigs how to promote yourself did, did you have any any plan already at that moment um as i told you uh, i think my teacher was the greatest example of how to um, put the business together and um it was very helpful very very helpful because i know so many dancers who are amazing dancers with amazing skills but they lack some business skills and lacking those business skills prevent them from building a dance business. 
many many dancers I know. It's, this is sad, you know, how much talent, but nobody see it because they not able to put it out there. And um, my teacher was amazing at her business skills and setting up her dance empire. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, I think my master of business administration also helped, <laughs> you know, when my family and my my husband would say that uh, you don't use your degree. I would say, no, I use my degree every, every day, you know, <laughs> ah. everything I do. I know it's the marketing, it's the finance, it's the negotiation, it's the public relation. It's everything you ever learned in a business degree. I use it uh, every day. I really think it did help in an unexpected way <laughs> not yeah. that everyone imagined but um, I definitely was more prepared for that so I think at that time uh, my teacher mentioned to me that you know you are good enough you you could probably have your own class I would ask you so what do I do next like what what's my next thing and she'll say okay you go you do the competitions you do that so one day I said what should I do to grow? And she said, maybe you're ready for to have your own students. And um, so I started to search for a, a place I could teach. And um, once I found a dance studio and <clears throat> I got hired by a dance studio, I think at that time I, I pretty much quit my uh, lessons with Sandra and the troupe because there was just no more time for everything. Because you, <clears throat> most of the evenings are busy with performing some evening busy with teaching and uh, plus I have a family. I have my husband and I have my daughter and she was little and uh, family needs to be taken care of too. So there was no more time for the, um, my teacher's troupe and her classes. So this is how I set off to my own <laughs> sailing. And um, and the same with the um, restaurant gigs and everything. I asked her, I said, so how do you find the gigs? And she said, this is what you do. This is how you go. You you can approach the venues and you can offer them your services. You have to build your website so people know you're here, so people can find you and hire for the events. And uh, you print your business cards uh, and all those mini mini details. Uh, I asked you and uh, pretty much followed your advice and. It worked. <laughs> mm, nice. And for someone who is just uh, beginning or maybe uh, possibly just thinking about starting a career or trying to dig into the belly dance gigs mm-hmm. world, uh, like either it's a full-time or like um, a side hustle, mm-hmm. what would you suggest as the main business skills they need to think about? Because we all can think, okay, website, business card, this mm-hmm. is tools, Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if, of course, it's good to talk about it too, but this is more accessible. And I, I found what's very often that artists, like especially dancers, they're not necessarily thinking about some skills uh, or for personality that they can train to improve uh, uh, their business. Like, do you know what, I, what I'm trying to, to get into? Like, what would you suggest as the... Uh, main, I don't know, business skills or personal skills that people need to think and start developing if they want to be good as a uh, 
business people in this case, because we are not talking about dance only as an art in this mm-hmm. case, we are talking about as a business, like you need basically to, to sell your services. Mm-hmm. So which uh, um, skills you think were helpful for you from your previous career? Because you probably definitely either had them or developed in your mm-hmm. <laughs> previous um, finance uh, career. So which of those skills you feel helped you in the beginning or maybe even helping you till now to to keep developing your dance career? Well, first of all, you have to be quite thick skin, I have to say. So, you know, people who are very vulnerable, very thin skin, it's not uh, easy business for them because <laughs> getting yourself gigs, you know, promoting yourself and, you know, uh, asking around for the shows and everything, it's it's not uh, quite easy. You You have to say no and you have to hear no, so... If things like that upsets you easily, then you may quit before you achieve anything. So I would say, first of all, you have to be <laughs> prepared for everything. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you need to have some negotiation skills. You need to know what you're worth, what you want to do. And, um, you know, don't let people use you because um, negotiation skills is a lot in our business, you know, when uh, the client calls you and say, oh, hey, can you come and do this for less? And you have to be able to say, no, I cannot because this is how much it costs. <laughs> Otherwise, you start doing your job for nothing. Mm-hmm. So this is very important to be able to um, connect with people and, uh, you know, get what you want from them. And, uh, you know, there is a, a certain people skill communication skill which you need to have you have to be able to say yes you have to be able to say no without offending people you need to be diplomatic i guess <laughs> yeah, that's a good word that's a good word diplomatic yes um because you have to negotiate your rates with restaurants uh, at, uh, you have to negotiate every single rate at your private events and everybody will try to put your rates down and you have to <laughs> stay on your own um what else? You have to be quite probably outgoing and have personality because personality is a key. I I, I saw um, I work with um, uh, quite a few dancers uh, because I, I have about like five, six, seven restaurants which I need to cover uh, on weekly basis, and I'm physically not able to attend all the shows because some of them at the same time. So I have a team of. Um, dancers some of them my students some of them my teacher students some of them just local dancers and um, every week I make a schedule um, and ask dancers to substitute some shows and um, when I choose the dancers for that job um, it's not only on their again technical ability but on their personality because that's what um, the venues like the most they will call me and say, hey, we really like that dancer. Um, maybe we don't like that much the other dancer. And I would say, why? You know, they're both brilliantly skilled and technical. And they will say, no, but this dancer has a personality. She knows how to um, connect with customers. She's so lovely. Everyone likes her because she she connects with people. And the other, the other dancer doesn't do that, although she dances beautifully while she's on the dance floor. And so this is the key to have some mm. some personality suitable for that job. 
It's also interesting uh, from your note about your students, how it, uh, uh, as I understood, it came basically full circle. Now you have a students who ask you for advice. <laughs> it is a full circle, yes. It's just like, you know... <laughs> Growing up in the family, yeah, awesome. we have this big dance family and we still call it the dance family and we're like blessed to belong to it. Yeah, we still all communicate. I, I, I put my teacher as an example for my students and we, we send each other students sometimes, you know, I, I say, oh, like you live closer there. Why don't you go to Sandra's class? And, and sh- if somebody asks her, she'll say, oh, why don't you go to Maria's class? She's down in San Jose on the south. And we're still very um, active, really. We call it our, it's our dance family. All your students, all my students, we all do sometimes events together. It's a family. Mm-hmm. Wish it was like that all around the world in every country and every student and teacher. <laughs> because that's... You uh, see, I never knew it's not like that. <laughs> I mean, I was very lucky with my teachers too, in most cases. But uh, I heard... And I know a lot of other people uh-huh. who were not that lucky at all and struggled and they're put down by in some situations. I heard. So I heard. It's, Every time I hear this scary story, I'm like, I'm, I'm so sorry you had this experience because it should not be like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But it's very inspiring to hear, hear your uh, story of... Uh, Literally, Baladin's family, it's like extended family, not just a hobby or job. It is. This, this is how we call. We say, oh, this is in our family. Oh, this is our dance family. Oh, she's our dance family. <laughs> this is how we call each other. And it's like uh, lots of us. My troop, her troop, and, uh, you know, all, all of her students who starts to teach, we all kind of belong to the family. And I, um, I still admire, admire her a lot. Um, at some point, I felt like it's, you know, uh, talking back to the question when you said when I um, stopped taking classes, you know, and start my own adventure. At some point, I also felt like, um, although I do love my teacher's style, um, I do not want to mm-hmm. become someone's copy. You know, this is the I- issue and a serious question in, <laughs> in in dance world. Like you, you want to be like someone, but at the same time, you don't want to be like someone. You need your personal style and uh, the the question of finding my personal style was bothering me like for for a long time I'm like I I, I want to know who I am I want to know what's my style I like my teacher's style but I'm not sure I don't feel the same when I dance we're different she's like those slow and silky and smooth and she has those um, you know perfect poses and face expressions and I'm not that I'm I'm more fast I'm more flirty, I'm more smiley, and I'm like, I can just cannot put somebody's face on my face, you know, I need to find my own face, and uh, that forced me to take uh, classes with uh, uh, workshops with all the other teachers I could possibly <laughs> have in our area, and also I traveled to take workshops, and um, that's helped a lot, I think, to develop personal style, and now I guess I have it because people say so. <laughs> I still I still don't know what is my style, but uh, I got sometimes uh, comments and say they say, oh, we like your style. And I'm like, oh, if they say so, maybe I do have a style. <laughs> <laughs> After all, I guess. And um, one of my, besides, um, besides Sandra, one of my biggest uh, dance inspirations over the years was uh, Tito, Tito Saif. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I I have to mention him <laughs> because he was one of those, you know, eye-opening moments when I um, when I realized like how much important is the performing part of the of the show, not just dancing part, but performing part. I was I remember taking his first uh, workshop. I was blown away, literally. Mm-hmm. You know, you, uh, I was still baby, baby dancer and you stand and this man walks into class and he stands in front of you and he barely does anything, you know, like some snake arms, some little shimmy, some something and, and look around and everyone, <sighs> <laughs> like I was smashed by his energy, you know, like just even by doing anything, uh, almost nothing. You feel his energy, you feel his presence, and uh, that changed my world. So I was working for many, many years on the performance aspect of the show rather than just um, technique and dancing. Mm. I think it's very important. And I think when you perform, you have to remember that you are here for someone. You are not here to perform because you want to express something you are here because they want to see what you have to show. You know, you are here for people. I believe every performance is for your audience. You have to love your audience and you have to think about your audience every single moment. Anything you do on stage, you do that for them. If you remember that, I think it will be a successful performance. Mm-hmm. I try to look at myself from the side and think, oh, is it interesting enough for them? What do they see now? How do I look now from this side? Is it interesting from that side? Do I look good from that side? Do they, are they having fun? Do they feel what I want them to feel? And um, yeah, if you remember you're here for them, <laughs> they will uh, feel it too, I believe. Mm. So many uh, cool, interesting points that you just uh, uh, mentioned. Uh, uh, but one thing I, I wanted to add about Tito also, that mm. I believe he, it's a great example that he managed to incorporate that entertainment energy and nature of ballet dance into the stage performances mm-hmm. and he does it with a, such pride and ownership of what he does that it's really amazing uh, i've never heard him talking about this topic but that's just my impression from seeing him dancing and taking his workshops and i always was considering him as a great uh, uh, entertainer but he's Absolutely. doing it in a very artistic and stage manner too but like it's that intricate combination <laughs> absolutely uh, he's one of those dancers who are as good on stage as he's good off stage you know like i said i, I prefer being uh, like on the floor level <laughs> rather than on stage he really uh, i observed him many times in different environments and he really is as good uh, you know in both environments absolutely comfortable in both it comes with his great experience uh, i believe and even even in class when you take his workshop he is performing every single minute of the workshops. It was a discovery for me too, because uh, um, you know later when I when I started teaching my own workshops, I, I always uh, took it as an example. You teach workshop for three hours. You're not just showing the moves and explaining people. Uh, you are on stage. I, I try to do it even on my um, weekly classes in my regular classes. I walk into class and I think. Again, I'm here not just to show them move and they repeat after me. I'm here to make it our little show, you know, because uh, that's important. So I always pay attention at my face expressions. We do the warm up 
and I smile. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I look at my class and they all struggle and I say, hey guys, uh, watch your faces. <laughs> Put your face on right now because your show starts the moment you walk in into the venue. The moment you put your foot on stage, on the dance floor, that's when your show starts. When you exit and nobody see you, that's when it's over, that's when you can take off your face and your smile. And um, yeah, I think I learned it from Tito. Three hours of workshop and he's he's doing like this hundreds run through and every single run through is a show with the face, with the eyes, with the gaze with the flirtiness, with all the energy. It is it is amazing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so true. And we talked a lot about your extended Valadins family, but mm-hmm. I have a question. Uh, how about your actual family? <laughs> If you don't <laughs> mind sharing, what was their reaction? Uh, then basically from accounting career, you were switching to a Valadins career. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, was it uh, shocking? Was it surprising? Was it exciting <laughs> for them? Oh my God, uh, it's a journey. <laughs> it was journey for me. It was journey for them. Uh, I hope they don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are not going to listen, probably actually. But uh, um, my, um, my my I have a husband and I have a daughter. She's eleven uh, year old now, almost twelve. But um, by the time, I mean, I started, I started shortly before um, she was born. Um, I started belly dancing, yeah, a few years before, before I got uh, pregnant. So mm. actually, um, it, was, it was quite challenging because uh, my um, performance career started about the time when, you know, when I got pregnant and when, like, I had my baby. So she was very small. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was breastfeeding. I had to go around, do the show, come back and do the feeding and everything. It was it was challenging, but um, I I don't think if my um, husband was overexcited about it. <laughs> uh, it started as a hobby, and uh, he didn't mind it being a hobby. And when it grew into the full time job. Uh, You know, it all goes slowly over the time. You don't notice how it <laughs> becomes. He wasn't overly happy, but um, he is. He saw at the end that this is what makes me happy, and he wanted me to be happy. And I think that's how um, he got into acceptance and being more supportive about it. Hmm. Be dancing, uh, performing, and um, it just makes me a happy person if I if I don't do it for a while I, I'm a grumpy cat <laughs> and uh, and you, when you're a grumpy cat you know you sit at home and you 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 make grumpy everyone else you know when I'm happy I make people around me happy I love them I make them happy when I'm not happy I make people around me miserable so he realized that <laughs> So it was for his better sake. <laughs> it was for his better sake. Yes, he even told me it once, and I'm like, I'm, I'm glad you understand it, and I'm and I'm thankful for your support. And uh, yeah, but uh, he was supportive uh, in terms. He always helped, uh, you know, to stay um, uh, with my daughter and to, he, lots of things he did. I'm I'm grateful for him. Um, and later, when he saw that it's all serious and it's all business. And that I'm making money too. It helps, you know. <laughs> When you see that you're making money, it's kind of oh, then it's a serious thing. 
So um, later he accepted as it is, and um, he probably still wish I was a financial analyst. <laughs> and I think he secretly hopes that one day I will get tired of dancing and um, return to something else. But um, it is what it is for now. And uh, so is with my family, I believe. Uh, my family still lives in uh, Moscow, Russia. My mom, my dad and my um, brother. My mom is uh, probably my best supporter. <laughs> probably for the same reason. She knows it makes me happy. But she's also my uh, worst critic. Mm. And uh, this is typical for Russian moms, you know, uh, because uh, we Russians, uh, we... If, if you love someone, you critique them because you want them to get better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know how it is? <laughs> it's not yeah. like you, if you love someone, you dealt him, don't tell him all the time, you are greatest, you're the best. No, I love you, but, you know, you have to improve this and this and this. <laughs> and my mom always does that to me. She will watch their performance. And she's not a dancer. She doesn't have any dance background at all, but she'll watch a performance and she'll give me the comments. I think this move could be done bigger, I think this could be faster. I think this could be that. And I'm like, Mom, do you know better than I am? And she's like, I just want the best for you. So I, <laughs> I try to <laughs> critique you to improve you. You know, I but she does it with you. love. Yeah. You know it? Yeah, I, yeah. I hear. I, my, my, like, um, I have exactly the same situation, but with my dad. He is mm -hmm. Ukrainian, but it's uh, the same mentality in yes. many, many aspects. Yes. But it's, it took me so long to teach him, okay, if you see the video, because his first reaction was also like, oh, maybe this should be better, this can be better, like, this can be changed, like, as, as if he is a professional exactly. dancer. But uh, it took me a while to sort of teach, like, okay, I... I would love to hear your suggestions or critique, but first reaction, please just say it's nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> because it's right away goes into this mentality, oh, I need to tell how to improve because I want you to be better. And it comes from the loving place. Yes. But especially in the beginning of your any creative journey, you kind of want to hear that support from your family and closest friend. Like first, it's unapologetic support, then all critique. <laughs> absolutely. I absolutely agree with uh, you. And, and, I, and, I, and I think it was uh, so, you know, refreshing, like when I moved to United States and when I saw how people supportive here, no matter what, how, how always they try to support each other, you know, and... Um, It's just, uh, it's just amazing. And I'm like, oh, no, we don't do that in Russia. We just critique each other. This is how love is. So now that I've been living here long enough, I really, I really crave for, for the same. Like, you know, you give some encouragement first. And then if you have something to critique, then, okay, critique. But um, no, just critique. <laughs> This is how Russians do it. <laughs> Well, it's just different, different ways of uh, expressing love mm -hmm, and support. Mm -hmm. It's also support. It's it just is. different way. It is different, <laughs> different it mentality. It is definitely support, but then it's stuck in your head and you're like, should I rewatch my video? Was she right? <laughs> should, I, should I even post it? Maybe I should not even post it. <laughs> just... <laughs> and uh, also you had a very interesting uh, situation that you basically were starting your balladance career then you had a small uh, child uh, 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you have any tips for young moms who may be in this similar situation that they have a small child and uh, like obviously they want to take mm-hmm. care of it as much as possible and take uh, spend as much time as possible, like like all those uh, natural feelings, but at the same time mm-hmm. they kind of want to. Or maybe they hesitate if they actually can mm-hmm. work on their belly dance career at the same time. Do you have any tips uh, for them? Uh, first of all, you have to be determined. <laughs> you have to be so much determined and just don't let your determination leave you. You have to really want it because uh, it's so difficult and so not easy. Um, so many times you feel like, ah, I'll give up. No, uh, you have to keep going. And uh, I remember my career just started and I got pregnant and I was literally crying, thinking, okay, so this is started and this is going to end right now, (laughs) right after the start, because nobody knows what will be after. Nobody knows your life, you know, it's your first child. You don't know your life after you have a child. You don't know what you're going to be, how you're going to look and all those millions questions and um, I was determined to make it happen. Uh, during pregnancy, I was trying to take, uh, I was not performing, but I tried to take classes sometimes just to keep and stay in shape. Um, I had very difficult pregnancy. Uh, you know, I was, uh, had like morning sickness for seven months. Oh, wow. <laughs> It was miserable, it was miserable, miserable, and I gained uh, lots and lots of weight. Uh, people won't, don't believe me, but I get like 50, 55 pounds. Um, was very difficult. So with all of that, I was not sure that I will be able to even dance again, <laughs> not being a professional dancer. But uh, once I gave birth, um, I thought, okay, it's it's time to start working now and it's time to try to make it happen if it works or not so the biggest advice is that you have a to have a supportive partner i i would say a big thank you to my husband for being so helpful at supporting and also um yeah I, I'm, I'm all now in, in my memories mm. <laughs> how not easy it was but uh um i managed to um I managed to uh, lose the most of the baby weights uh, and get back to performing quite fast. Um, I think when my baby was two months, I went back to my restaurant gigs. Oh, great! I, I mean, I wasn't like all not uh, the weight was gone yet, but um, I was able to look more or less um, look more or less good for the to to do the public gigs. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, pretty much I lost my weight half year from the birth, but it was a lot of work, a lot of exercises, some little dieting, but not much because you have to breastfeed. So little dieting, lots of exercises, and a lot of uh, determination and a lot of help help uh, from the family of taking care of the child, because all the gigs are in the evening, so somebody needs to stay and look for your child. Uh, I I never had a babysitter. It's somehow it's uh, in our Russian mentality that <laughs> we don't get babysitters. Mm. Uh, so it was me, and we didn't have any family. So it was just me, my husband, and the daughter. So he did a lot of 
support work so I could, you know, go in, out and teach classes, go out and perform. But on the other hand, it worked for us in a way that um, I could spend all day with my child, taking care of my child, and uh, in the evening I could go out and um, work. Mm-hmm. So I didn't need like a daycare or again babysitters and everything. And I was just all these years uh, I've been spending lots and lots of time with my with my daughter because um, I'm here for her <laughs> every day. Um, I work on my dance business and my on my own time. I have a flexible schedule. Uh, I build my own schedule, and I think it was great in this way, you know, for the family. You still get a lot of time to spend with your child. You you build your own schedule and you're flexible, but uh, you definitely need the support of your partner to be able to achieve that. I wouldn't be able to do it if I was just alone. Well, but you are definitely an example that it's possible to both uh, build a, a great family and build uh, your own dance career and go towards your goals. So It is, uh, yeah. Awesome. With some help, <laughs> with some help, thanks God, yeah. I was able to... <laughs> It is yeah. always it is always uh, helpful to have a second income in in the family uh, because I, um, I I believe I, I make uh, quite uh, good uh, uh, money for the belly dancer uh, but uh, the place where we live the Bay Area is extremely expensive and without second income I wouldn't uh, be able to afford the life I live so that's also helpful. Mm-hmm. And how about now? Is your daughter? inspired by your dancing is she uh, a potentially future uh, ballet dancer too <laughs> <laughs> uh she's not and i i'm not upset about it and i don't force her into it i'm i actually always was looking at the artists um, and other people who who try to make children following their ways You know, like you look at mm-hmm. the family of circus artists and the children in the circus artists. You look at the family of uh, no, lawyers and their children are lawyers. You know, how is it? Mm-hmm. And I always thought, like, why people would do it? Why wouldn't they let their children find their own way? Uh, because if you influence them from the childhood, they will probably become what they, you want them to be. There is a great chance. But what if they don't find their own way, you know? So I, um, she tried belly dancing. I, I used to teach a children class at a local YMCA and uh, because, she, uh, because we didn't have babysitter, I just had to bring her along to the child's class. <laughs> so she tried it. Um, she was excited about it at some point, like about five, six year old. Uh, now she's almost teenager. She's not into it at all. Mm-hmm. I, I, I made it clear to her that It would be very, um, it would be very important for me, and uh, if she dance, but what does she choose to dance is up to her. So I took her to the studio and I showed her all the different dance styles. We, we look at the ballet class, and she said, "Oh no, this is too boring." <laughs> <laughs> we look at to hip hop class. She said, "Oh no, this is for the boys." I don't know why. She thought so. Maybe because there was only boys in class. Mm. We took her to just so I, I showed her everything and I gave her the choice to see what kind of movement she wants to choose as long as she dances. And so over the years, she, she did try some ballet classes. Um, she took some, some jazz classes. Um, and now she's into hip hop. 
which she said, oh, this is for the boys. But now you see, now she's grown up. <laughs> so now she's been taking hip hop classes and uh, she likes to dance. But um, no, she's not into belly dancing and I'm not forcing it. If at some point of time she uh, come to me and say, mama, this is what I want to do. I'm going to say, okay, let me teach you, <laughs> but not forcing it. Mm, well, maybe at 26. <laughs> maybe at 26, you know, perhaps. Uh, no, but it's uh, obviously like every person has uh, their own path in life. And mm -hmm. uh, that's great that you're also not, not forcing, but just letting, uh, letting her choose uh, her own uh, uh, passion and uh, whether it's Absolutely. in art or anything else. Uh, yeah, she it's... does take art classes and dance classes and whatever she feels like. I think she's more into visual arts than into performing arts. But um, I, I need her to have that experience. And uh, I would also, I mean, I would also encourage her to have some other um, profession behind her back other than just uh, dancing. You know, I don't have anything against her being becoming a professional dancer. But this is not an easy job and anything can happen. People get injuries, you know, one day you're a dancer, tomorrow you're not. So I, I would think it's great for her to have something as a backup, even if mm -hmm. she would want to become a dancer one day. But you have to have some backup for your actions <laughs> in case of anything. Um, before I ask our final uh, question that I always ask on the podcast, I just want to thank you once again for taking time and for sharing your story, like your personal journey. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to many points that you uh, talked about. Like I can relate to many things that you <laughs> mentioned <to> today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you. Thank you once again for taking time and uh, coming to talk uh, uh, on the podcast and uh, can you tell where people can uh, find and uh, follow your activities are you more instagram person facebook person or any other uh, resources or websites uh, what's what's coming up <laughs> oh um well first of all thank you for inviting me to be on your show <laughs> I, feel i i haven't realized until now that i can talk so much <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even know that I have so much to say, you know, because I was last night, oh my God, what I'm going to say? <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> Apparently, I do have lots to say. Um, and uh, as for the social media, I think I'm everywhere. <laughs> That's what people say. They say she's everywhere. Um, I discovered both Instagram and Facebook to be a great marketing platform. I mean, uh, first of all, it's a platform to stay in touch with your friends, right? Right. Um, Although I do like to stay in touch with my friends offline <laughs> more than online. But um, Facebook is a great marketing media. I got lots of um, requests for the gigs and for, uh, for the workshop, for traveling and just for the local performances because of Facebook. So um, definitely you can always find me on Facebook. Um, I have a page Uh, have a Facebook, <laughs> two, three Facebook profiles. I don't know. It's a lot of work. It's a full-time job. Um, I'm also on Instagram whenever I feel like posting something. And that's how I met you, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the, the two biggest uh, social media things I'm using. YouTube, come to my show if you're in the Bay Area. <laughs> come hang out with me. <laughs> Let's have lunch if you're visiting <laughs> 
Yeah, I definitely will put all links on the show notes so for people it's easy to find and connect. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you any any upcoming trips in the few next months? Maybe with some workshops or anything like that? I'm still finalizing my schedule for the um, 2019. Uh, yeah, I do have a couple of trips uh, coming up, a uh, couple of international trips, but I'm not announcing until I'm uh, signed the contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I think until the uh, end of the year. Um, I'm here. I, I do not do much traveling again for the reason of um, taking care of the family. Um, so every every time I need to travel, it's it's just a, a lot of organization of who, <laughs> who will drive who to school, who will pick up and take to the art class, who will, you know, all that. So um, I cannot do a lot of that, but um, I do a few times a year. Until the end of the year, I'm here and then... Um, 2019 will bring something exciting to see. Oh, sounds good. Uh, so mm. people follow Maria on her social media and website and look forward to her announcing <laughs> announcements of her upcoming trips. Uh, and I always ask a podcast uh, with uh, the same question. Um, mm. And the question is, uh, what makes you fall in love with ballet dance again and again? So you keep doing it for so many years. Oh my God! I was not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Melinda's live podcast. <laughs> I should have listened and, and stole some answers, right? <laughs> no, I'm that's not... that's the best. That's the best that we are catching you by surprise, so you can actually <laughs> tell your answer. <laughs> okay, I think uh, I, I think I know what is it. Um, I think it started with the music, and I think probably the music is what keeps it alive. Um, the way it started is that I started listening to Middle Eastern music. For some reason, it was very sounded very beautiful and attractive to me. And um, actually, was listening to music even before I I saw my first <laughs> belly dancer. So I I'm in love with Middle Eastern music, and uh, the music probably made me uh, develop it in, into dance. And still now I hear the songs and I just can't stop listening to them and they push me to dance to them. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And if you like this episode, it will mean a world to me if you take a few seconds and leave us a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. Also, you can always find more information about podcast as well as past episodes at yanadance.com slash podcast. As well as you can connect with me on social media by Yana Dance or Yana Komarnitska. I'm very active on Instagram as well as Facebook and share a lot of tips and inspiration for your daily ballet dance life. And by the way, don't forget to subscribe to podcast so you never miss a future episode. And until next time, keep shimming.